0: Hi, I'm Leah Lane, an award-winning travel writer and author of Places I Remember, Tales, Truths, Delights from 100 Countries. On this podcast, we share conversations with travelers about fascinating destinations and memorable experiences around the world. Our guest for the second part of a most exciting conversation is Randall Lane, the chief content officer and editor of Forbes, and he's my son. In episode 14, he talked about some pretty extreme travels. In this episode, he discusses a few more of them. But most of all, he talks about the fascinating people he's met, including the fisherman from Hemingway's The Old Man and the Sea. And continuing in Hemingway's footsteps, he describes running with the bulls in Pamplona, Spain, with an unbelievable ending. So welcome again, Rand. Hi, Mom. I do know, partly because of your job and partly because of your interests, you have met fascinating people of all kinds in your travels and so forth. Some of them are my heroes. I mean, you have met, for example, and you can tell us if there's a story there, but you've met Malala and you've met Jane Goodall. And both of those women are so exceptional. Is there anything we should know there that maybe we wouldn't?
1: They're they're exceptional. They're exceptional women. You know, Jane carries a little stuffed monkey with her everywhere. She I think there's
0: them. a reason to remind people, isn't it? I read somewhere it reminds people of the problem. Somebody gave it
1: to her, meant something to her, and she but she really does take it everywhere. And it's humbling, you know, to see these people who have lived for others for so long. But I you know, those are those are exceptional people. Once in a while you meet people who are truly who radiate greatness, but most of these people who are quote-unquote famous the more you hang out with them and the more you spend time with them the you know you really do understand they put their leg on one
0: oh know, absolutely on one
1: leg at a time it's very it's very uh reinforcing that uh you know people are people it's very rare you meet a malala or jane goodall type who are truly transcendent and that that's selfless very rare
0: well i know you're you're on the board of it's a global citizen
1: but I, all, I know you, know, you the, meet the, rock United stars <laughs> you meet a lot of people and again they're listening to, you know I've, I've gotten to spend a lot of time with Bono spend time with Chris Martin yeah, these are people who use their fame for good you have to admire that because it's very easy to otherwise get sucked into the the ego and these folks try to realize they have a, a platform and uh, you know I've been able to go to a lot of interesting places a lot of interesting people but you still it's still not as memorable. As the kid in Liberia, I mean, it's that. That's why travel's great because you get. I agree. I agree. Human, I, I remember. Or,
0: yes, people who are bellhops and and servers and that uh, some of them the are so wonderful. Who's the most
1: interesting I mean, yeah. regular person you've ever yep. met?
0: A young woman uh, who lived in a village outside of Antigua, Guatemala, who was tutoring me in Spanish, and she came my bus and it took her two hours every day back and forth. And it was, she was so poor and so lovely. And she brought one day a, a sheaf of papers and she said, I, I just want to show you this. She said, these are my poems. Uh, I write these and I read them and they were exquisite. And this was a village, you know, a village girl. And I just, I felt so awful. You know, she said, I make these dreams up. These are my dreams and they, they were pretty. I showed them to some people, but she was memorable, and those are the people. I remember the people like that. You met the old man in the sea. Is that correct, when you were did. in Cuba?
1: Did. Gregorio Fuentes.
0: Yeah, when was Cuba. that?
1: That was, that was when it was illegal to go to Cuba. So of course, that's why we wanted to go. It was technically not illegal to go to Cuba back then. It's illegal to spend money in Cuba, so we had to bring we brought so much cash it was a very there was no embassy to go to that was a little bit behind the scenes that was 25 years ago and the, hemingway's boat captain who is widely accepted including by his own hemingway talked about it was the inspiration for old man the sea was still alive he was 102 25 years ago people can google that i might be off by a couple of years but i'm not off by much so that was a real and so we'd heard that this was pre-internet and there's certainly no internet in in Cuba and we just go and we heard where he lived and the whole the village he asked around and we heard basically he was a pensioner in Cuba and we brought a bunch of cookies and he brought food and we brought um we brought toothpaste and we brought a bunch of little presents that were very 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 valued and so his daughter took care of him and brought let us spend time with him and he had a he had pictures of Hemingway and he had a big painting of him and Hemingway together and he had all sorts of pictures and he showed us a scrapbook and but the thing I still remember shaking his hand he was 102 and uh, you shake his hand and it was like shaking like the finest hardest leather you ever I mean he still had it his hand is (laughs) a vice and leathery and strong and this was a guy who was you know nearly quadruple my age probably almost exactly quadruple. And he still had it. He, he was, you knew he was the real deal because um, even the decades after he probably retired, he still had that, that buildup. He told us stories. He told us that basically Hemingway took credit for the fish he caught, but that he was a good guy. You know, he didn't speak any English. My Spanish is muy malo, a uh-huh. CFC, but it was good enough to have a basic conversation. He took credit for the fish. He was very nice. He, you know, I miss him, you know, but just to touch the history. We took a picture with him. He passed a few years after that. But oh, he's to a legend. To touch, to perhaps, to, to even a legend to touch history to be one degree from Hemingway, which probably is pretty much impossible now. So
0: Right. It's really that's really one of the interesting people I've ever heard. Anybody say they have met is the old man in this.
1: He had a little book. again, that was pre-internet where you had to kind of hear about the stuff through the grapevine or you read it somewhere in some guidebook or something and you had a little book and you could see them, you know, once every twice every week, you know, people figured it out and made the pilgrimage, but it wasn't like there was a line out the door. It was, you know, right? a hundred people a year figured out to go to see this guy. And he figured it was a good way to get cookies. So uh, the <laughs> win-win.
0: Well, I know you have many stories, and uh, you've done many interesting things. I know you've. I'm not going to get into the details. You've survived eating blowfish in New York, which can poison you unless prepared by a certified. Sh- yeah, which it
1: was. Yeah, you're Wasn't here, and I, I
0: actually I ate it too in Japan, and I, I'm here too, so we're 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 together on that.
1: I just want to know what's so damn good <laughs> that that, I don't that know. people will die for. And again, I I, I have no, no doubt. I did a nice fisher in New York. I know that was fine. I was more curious, like, you know, I don't like you. I thought it was fine. It was like I'd rather have a piece of hamachi any day. It was not not that good. Yeah, I don't
0: get it either, but I think there were only 13 chefs who were allowed to prepare it in Japan, and we had one of them, and I was on a press trip, and I figured, okay. I uh, I'll try it, but anyway, I think what I would like to just end with is is a story you feel is the most interesting. I mean, all of them are interesting, but what would you end with? I like to say, you know, we end with the things we remember yeah. most. This is places I remember. So, what do you remember?
1: There's so many places, you know, and I guess. But I guess a story I like that you and I've had fun with. me. So maybe that's appropriate for this. Would be the time I, I ran with the bulls. Since we're We're talking about kind of doing things that are a little bit pushing the envelope. And that was in the same spirit since we brought up Hemingway and since we brought up racing cars, you know, that sometimes travel is about pushing yourself. And when I I was 24, 25 years old, and I kind of was trying to figure out who I was. And my, my friend Eric, the same guy I did the car race with, we were trying to, we were like, let's go to Pamplona and run with the bulls. I think it was pre-internet. You couldn't just look up videos. It was kind of this myth. And you read the Hemingway books. I showed up there. We showed up the day before. And we decided we we're going to watch it one day and then r- race the next day and run the next day. So we show up on an overnight trail, We get in first thing in the morning. And turns out they run the bulls like very early in the morning, like about 6.30 or 7 in the morning. And the idea is, and again, you know, I didn't know any of this, that the running of the bulls is you're running the bulls from like kind of a pen area like a mile away into the bull ring because they're that day's bulls to be slaughtered at the bullfights. It's the you know this festival of San Fermin, it's the bullfighting festival of Spain. So it's that day's kind of athletes are being run in in the morning. And what people do is they party all night, watch or run, and then they go to sleep all day. And so I did not know that this was not a peak performance thing. This was a you get drunk and then you do it. So, we'd gotten off an overnight train from Barcelona and I went and watched. And we saw something very rare called a Monton, I think it was called, where one bull started running backwards up the course. And if you think it's crazy running with the bulls down with them, think about it as you're running with them and then the bulls coming at you. And so, oh, what happens, is people freeze. And it was a huge banner headline in the newspapers the next day because it only happened a every few years. And we're like, are we really going to do this? But then we're like, no, oh, no. what are the chances that happens twice? And we also <laughs> timed it to not do it on a weekend because it's very crowded on the weekends. The weekdays are crowded also, but not, you know, so we'd figured out it was a weekend or the money, you know. So we said we better just go do it. The problem is we actually couldn't find a hotel room we could afford. The whole place was booked up. So we wound up basically kind of, you know, hanging out that night. We didn't really party because we weren't, you know, you don't want to. We tried to get some sleep, but we didn't have a hotel room. We went up. Sleeping in the park. Uh, oh my gosh! With, with a guy oh that we met, an Australian guy, who had a tent. There was three of us in a tent, just trying to stay warm. Because then we get up, and so it was a terrible sleep. You get up, but you dress all in white. You put a red sash across your waist and a red bandana across your neck to give the bulls something to aim for. We run, but I will say it is an incredible. You, you the things that. People who are true heroes, the first responders, the veterans, they know you can, it's the first time when they, because they shoot a cannon off when the bulls are out of the pen. And we were in the middle, we were in the middle of the, of the course, because if you don't start in the middle, if you start in the beginning, you, you don't get to run into the ring with the bulls. And if you start at the end, you're not really running with them because you want them to pass you for full bravery points. And you're told never to, the way you die is to actually sit in a door in a. you're running through the streets. There's, there's barricades everywhere. The way to die is to sit in a, and stay in a door. You have to keep moving. Uh, you don't want to get stuck. So we're in the middle. We hear the cannon go off. The bulls are loose. We hear a second cannon, which means all the bulls are out. You want to hear them close together because it means the bulls are running together, which is safer. And literally, we're waiting for about a minute or two for the bulls to come to our spot. And it's kind of surreal because you know the bulls are in the chute, and you're in the chute. And you, why are you in the chute? But you're, it's kind of surreal because you don't see anything. And then you can feel it. Like when you say, you can, when people who are veterans say you can feel the fear in the air, cutting the air as thick as a knife. I never really knew what that meant, but you can feel it literally. It's like danger is coming. You could feel it and you could feel the human panic. And then you look and here come the people running, literally running for their lives. Literally, you know, all these cliches bear true in these experiences and they're running for their lives. And the other way to get really hurt is to get trampled because if you fall, no one's going to help you up. They're running for their own lives. They're they're not After the bulls pass, they'll help you up, but you're on your own. So you also want to make sure you don't trip and it's a cobblestone street. And so there's a lot of things going through your head. We both, this is pre-cell phone, we both had disposable cameras to take pictures of each other. The second these bulls come, the deal's off. We're like, we made a deal. We're going to take pictures of each other and run with the bulls. We didn't even have to tell each other. There was no deal anymore. You do not, you're not sitting there like, I mean, anyone even taking a selfie during a running bulls is insane. Oh, no. all, you, you got to be totally locked on just being smart. And we're both carrying rolled up newspapers because what you're supposed to do for real bravery points is as the bulls pass you is to hit them on the butt with the newspaper. That's the oh, truth. No. Uh, and we did. And it was an incredible experience, to field. And we run in and the adrenaline to know you survived it or and you didn't get hurt. Uh, the, you know, every day the newspapers show how many people got gored the day before. There's only be one or two people get gored. There are pictures in the newspapers every day in Pamplona with the people in the hospital with the thumbs up like, I did it. You know, to make it through, it's kind of a rite of passage. But anyway, the 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 the, the coda here is that th- there are about 20,000 people in the bull ring watching the people run into the ring with the bulls. But really they want more entertainment. And so what they do afterwards is anybody who wants to stay for more, they bring out little baby bowls to kind of just play with, basically. And Eric and I were feeling so good. I and mean, this Australian guy's name, I forget. We're feeling so good about ourselves. We're high five, it's just, it feels like it feels so good. Like you did it, you accomplished it, you survived, you did this classic global rite of passage you you a story to tell for the rest of your life so we say of course we'll stay for the whole thing we'll stay for the baby bulls and that's where the baby bulls are so crazy they actually put cork on top of their horns because they're totally wild <laughs> and they're smaller though so you are not only a you can almost a couple of people grab the bulls by the horns i mean literally all these cliches and so you know we went up and we whacked the both the newspaper. paper and we're you know we're you know when the bull comes by you jump on the railing and it passes you because the railing is about five feet Tall, you know, you're in like, basically like a hockey rink. It's about five feet tall. And so then another set of bowls comes out and this one starts coming right at us. And this is kind of fun and exciting. And so we jump up on the rails cause the bowl just run past us. And this bowl starts taking the people on the rails and smashing into them. He's basically hockey checking them and people are getting really hurt. And this bull is, is just, and so the bowl's coming literally is about five, 10 feet from us. I'm like, wow, like. Like this, so people start jumping. You have two choices. You either go out, up and over. You got to like jump out of the ring. You got to hoist yourself up and out or you got to run into the ring and you you don't really have the time to think about it. And so I just made the choice and I'm going to run out into the ring and this bull can go pulverize somebody else on the wall. And something happened. The bull caught my eye as I'm running out and he starts running after me and I'm running and the bull is running after me. And I'm looking at, and I, you know, and every second feels like 10 minutes. I can still remember every second. It's like 10 minutes. And I'm thinking to myself, how did I get myself in this position where I am in a bull ring and a bull is running me down because they're fast. They're faster than you, you can. You can't outrun them. Running with the bull means running with them as they pass you. And he's running me down. And I'm sitting there like, wow, wow. I'm in a weird spot right here. And I'm looking and I'm literally like a Bugs Bunny cartoon where I'm my, my head is 180 degrees looking backwards. I'm running as fast as I can. Like my legs are moving like a tornado. I mean, I did not know I could run that fast, but he's still catching up to me fast. And the next thing, you know, I hear something I've never heard. I heard a, Oh, like, it was like, you're at, you know, you're watching like LeBron James in a full capacity stadium arena, dunk a basketball. I heard a, ah, like a tremendous cheer rise from the 20,000 people in the audience. And I am on the ground instantly. Like it was like boom, boom. And I don't know what happened. And I kind of start figuring out, oh, hold on. And and I'm and the bull's gone. And I don't know what happened. And then the, the you know, two people grab me and said, like, come, come, come. And they take me out. And I'm like, what the hell happened? And you know, my somebody grabbed my hat, somebody else grabbed my bandana, somebody else grabbed my newspaper. Everyone's grabbed my stuff, just giving it a get out of here. And it turned out that. I, as I was running, what happened was as I was running from the the little baby bull to calm the baby bulls down, the way they end this mayhem because the bulls will never stop, is they send in castrated steers to who give off a some kind of feeling that the bulls then calm down. So the steer was coming. so the entire place was watching as I was looking over my shoulder, running full speed, head on, and they knew they saw it coming. So the place must have been uh, incredibly excited because they saw everyone. In the entire place, something was going to happen except me, which is I'm running as fast as I can, I'm looking backward, and a steer was coming at me, coming forward, and I ran head on into a steer and was on the ground in uh. a, of a second, tenth of a second, and then when I got to the, I realized that my arm was really hurt. It turned out that, thank goodness, that it hit my 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 forearm. Like if it, if, if I'd be if I'd been hit in the ribs by the steer. Uh, I, I'm sure I would have broke my ribs because I, I was sure that I'd broken my forearm because it super duper hurt. Although I was just very happy to be in one piece. So they take me to the medical tent of which the newspaper chronicled 50 people during the run that day had required medical assistance. Every day they have the stats, the way the stock market stats are in New York or something. So 50 people required medical contention on my run. Two people were gored on my run. Uh, and the lay, I remember the, I didn't, I told her she asked me what happened. She's looking at my body, looking for blood. I show her my arm. It's already turning black and blue. And she, you know, she goes, she goes, push, push. I still remember. She goes, push, 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 push. I said, like, get out of here. Like, you gotta be kidding me. This is nothing. She's saying oh, this is tough. God. And she, she basically could she actually she said, could I she she said in Spanish, can you move your fingers? I move my fingers. She goes, push, 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 get out of here. <laughs> and I had a black and blue mark literally for a month. Which was great. It was
0: a war. You, you have your, your mark horror. of honor. You have
1: the courage. I the black and blue magic i tell
0: you, Rand, you're something else. Because of just, you. You
1: made me. Now, that's <laughs> like you.
0: I, I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed and I'm happy you're here. I just hope that you stay safe and in one piece. And I hope you have many, many, many more interesting and safe travels and I thank you so much for sharing this. I don't know how many people are going to be inspired to do some things they might not have or not inspired, but it was very, very interesting. And I really thank you. And I love you. Love you.
1: The great show. I love the first, you know, you're on your way. Look out, you know, okay. look out podcast world. We got a new new
0: Thanks for listening to our award-winning podcast. We've recorded over a 100 episodes of Places I Remember, so follow us on any podcast app. And new monthly episodes are also on YouTube with gorgeous video. My book, Places I Remember, is available in print and Kindle, and I read the audio version. Follow my travel writing at Forbes.com. Contact me at the links in the show notes or on my website, com, And keep making your own travel memories.